My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. My producer and I find ourselves in New York, again. This time in Tribeca. It's a fairly typical Manhattan neighborhood. Skyscrapers, loud traffic, hordes of tourists, renters, and locals alike. Comparatively, it's a chaos any New Yorker is used to. We make our way to CTL Electronics. Part house, part office, part warehouse. We get lost at first. Hello. Got Hi. it. Yeah. You're ready. You're ready. We're ready. We're Walking ready. inside We're is like stepping into a completely different, but equally chaotic world. There's screens, neon and cathode ray monitors, manuals, projectors, and it's all awash in vertical colored lines. You know, that screen when the cable's out. There's television sets from the 40s, the 50s, basically from every decade. There's an analog TV, an analog TV. Like that's a real thing. It's essentially the first TV ever created. And it's here on a shelf tucked away in a side room. All of this is stacked two humans high from floor to ceiling on metal shelves. There must be thousands of televisions, video cameras, and obscure parts. All of it gets used, sometimes a week, sometimes in a few decades. Today's guest, C.T. Louie, is the TV repair guy for places like the Whitney, MoMA, and every major museum around the world. Because monumental works from artists like Andy Warhol and Namju Paik can't be repaired and preserved by just anyone. That's when they call in C.T. Louie. You know, Louie, Louie. Louie, Louie. <laughs> I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Now let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird Work. Um... Yeah. I, I can't talk, right? I'm an interview with the news people. So call, call me back in. To tell Louis' story from growing up in Taiwan to opening the doors of CTL Electronics would be absurd. Well, absurd for this format. How do I know? We tried. Even with some heavy hacking and slashing, Louis' story clocked in at about 30 minutes. Meaning, for those not familiar with the show, Louis's origin story would take up the entire episode. And, well, we can't do that. So instead, we're going to do something a little different. Something we've never done on the show before. We're going to play a game. 
Welcome back to another edition of No Way, Yes Way, the show within a show within a company presented by Weird Work. The rules are simple. I'll list possible life moments from today's guest, C.T. Louie, and you'll tell me whether you believe those stories to be true or false. If you're not good at math, that's a 50-50 shot. Okay, here we go. At the tender age of 18, Louie worked on a boat where the head engineer repeatedly tried to kill Louie. Uh, the engineer said, go clean the generator brush. The generator is the size of a room, and brush is like a giant tire. So I, I stood there now, I take a cloth, and my cloth got caught inside the, the motor. So I spent bang, bang, some the engineer. <laughs> grabbed my back and pulled me out. He said, who told you to do this? And they all know the guy tried to pull in tricks. <laughs> That's a yes way. <laughs> Not a happy moment for Louie, but great start to the game. On his first day in America, Louie experienced a racist cab driver, was robbed at knife point by a chain smoking teen, and at the police station was largely ignored while cops flirted with all the prostitutes. So go to the police. Police station has green light in the front. Green light in China is prostitution. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We don't call it red light district, it's green light. Okay, upstairs, it's all smoking cigarette, girls rapping with the co cops, they're all prostitutes. Yeah. Oh. Or around the, the police laughing, joking. They don't give a shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a yes way. Red light, green light, it's all Christmas to them. Louis caught tuberculosis and would later marry his nurse. After a while, I got sick. I, had, I caught TB. She was an occupation therapist, so I ended up dating her. <laughs> you bet he did. And here's his daughter, Jen. He had to do some, some art service call. He told me the name of the place, and I went, oh, they were in Beyonce's apartment. And he didn't know who that was, so it didn't really matter, you know. Vaunted for his technical know-how, Louie was recruited by every branch of the military. So a lot of times I can't even pass IQ. So, so Air Force didn't take me. Navy didn't take me. Finally, Marine Corps wants to take me. Marine Corps is the worst one. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell the Marine Corps Technically true, but rejected by all. Louis was an American spy during the Vietnam War. They want me to be joining their intelligence, pretending to be a Vietnamese. Luckily, I had that TB, so X-ray didn't pass. Ooh, that's gonna be a no way. Touch of that tuberculosis may have actually saved his life. Louis worked on the Apollo 13 spacecraft. Your next job is to go into this room to do measurement. Yeah. And that turned out to be fuel tank for Apollo 13. You bet he did. And Tom Hanks should have played him in the movie too. <laughs> Tom Hanks would have been a great Louis. While living next to the zoo, Louis bought himself a pet meerkat. I love it because it's near the zoo. Okay. <laughs> so I, I go get a monkey. I bought a monkey. Wait, what? You could just buy a monkey I from this? I you could buy some monkey somewhere. Where? <laughs> oh, that's a no way. Louis didn't buy a meerkat. No, he bought himself a monkey. Because 
why not? And finally, not one to take sides, Louis fixed CCTV cameras for the cops and the drug dealers. He would do the cameras for the drug dealers and the, the police, you know, back and forth. <laughs> I have police working under me. I said it's under, underground. I don't know. <laughs> Good guy, bad guy, who knew? It was New York in the 60s. The checks cleared. <laughs> Okay, time's up. How'd you do? Feeling as good as Louie? You like it so far? Yeah, I think so. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Anything we, we else? Talk, we talk a lot. We talk yeah. a lot. I talk a lot. I like to talk. <laughs> Thanks, Louie. What a life. Louie opened CTL Electronics in the late 1960s. Around 68. He'd learned engineering from his father, a fellow seaman, at a young age, and over the course of his early years, had become a master in radio and general electronics, cameras and the sort. My knowledge is all black and white. I thought you were a genius on this stuff. I was a genius. I was a genius. So as the wave of new technology found its way into our TV screens, Louis was a natural person to reach out to, either to buy, rent, or inevitably repair. Wait, you bought this building? In the shop? It's also Louis' home. All four floors. And yeah, there's an elevator. Louis' daughter Jen tells me what it's like growing up in a house with some of the biggest names in art rolling through at a regular clip. Did you think it was, like, strange or different, or was it just normal New York childhood? No, not at all. I, I, no, <laughs> like, I, I thought you know all his... Kid and, like, you don't recognize that something is, like, weird until later and you look back and you're like, wow, that was crazy. You know, like... <laughs> I won't say half the stories because they're, they're really crazy, but, um, you know, there might be some child endangerment going on. Uh, not his fault, but just, just that whole situation that my mother didn't know about. But it was, um, you know, I went to school and I go, oh, I'll, I'll take a, you know, a class in video art. And all these people that would hang out in the store. Yeah, and the, the Vasulkas. And all these people would sort of show up in my, you know, curriculum. And I'd say, wait, yeah, that was that crazy that. person who would walk in the door and, and flirt with my grandpa, you know. <laughs> it was very amusing. I, I remember walking. I mean, I, I thought everybody was high. I thought everybody was, was scary in, in, to a certain degree. There was a sort of a, a, a you know, you felt very small in, a, in this environment because he was always working. For That was one thing. It would be Sunday. The store would be open. All of a sudden, I would look, and there's some guy from Matahoopal with giant platform shoes and long hair in the store. There would always be someone walking in. And I, I, I even have FBI come to me. You know this guy? Uh, 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 you know, he puts out like this from you. You know, uh, he pay you. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, there was a few moments where I had to count cash or I'd be like, from a, it was from. Um, There's a lot of drug dealers. Yeah, that was so another. South it, it was crazy. I remember getting uh, a cereal box full of cash and I had to count it. And I was like, I have no idea where this came from. I have no idea what. You know, just everybody came through his door to a certain degree. I mean, but his connection to the art world came via his wife. You remember, the hospital nurse, Jen's mom. Artists, they, they know me modifying. Okay. Well, wife also helped because he's artist, so we, we get along. Uh, <laughs> so I assume, so, and you're a friendly guy. Yeah. And working with artists was much more Louis Speed than his former clientele. Artists, we could yell at each other. 
Oh, you yell at each other? Well, we're kind of screaming at each other. <laughs> <laughs> what did you... Were they asking, like, for more education. than just repairs? I okay, so they were asking they for education. They want to know how that worked because it's new. Were you just hanging out in the shop? Were you having them over for dinner? What was that like? We sometimes hang out, you know. Sometimes we... You know, at that time, seven days, very crazy. We got laughing gas. There's <laughs> 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 laughing gas bottles still there. <laughs> Did you have any interest in, like, making art on your own? Or were you always, like, preferred to just make the tools and then give it to I artists? never considered myself an artist. I've not pretended to be an artist. Uh, but all my, all my people, all related to me, they all artists somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get along well. Artists also free talking, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm the kind of person open, you know. <laughs> uh, so we're watching colorizer, watching black and white. Everybody gets stung. Psychedelic, everything is psychedelic, <laughs> because color that's what you get. Purple hair, blue blouse. <laughs> oh, it gets stung. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> you know, artist stuff like repairing video equipment for Chevy Chase. Kenny Shapiro, you don't know Kenny Shapiro. Kenny Shapiro and Chevy Chase they partner. And then one day his machine broke and he lived in a Yankee or suburb, some nice place. Chevy Chase and him and his writer friend, they were all smoking. Have a joint. Okay, I smoke. <laughs> First time I smoke. Was with Chevy Chase. <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> Don't they probably know. Do you remember the Chinaman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If I see Chevy Chase, that'll be the first thing I ask him. <laughs> Classic Louie. But when it came to actually seeing the art these people were making in galleries and exhibits around town. No, I wasn't really interested. They tell me what they're doing. <laughs> and then I say, you're crazy. What about your wife? Was she interested? Oh, my wife, it's just, yeah, she's interested. Oh, just, ah. But, so she, but you're, not, you're not going to the actual exhibits to see this art at that time. No. <laughs> Maybe the most important of all these relationships Louis was making was his friendship with Namjoon Paik. Because little did Louis know, his collaborations with Namjoon would not only come to define... My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along 
and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The second half of Louis's life, but helped define an entire period of art. We'll talk about that relationship, hear from the chief technician at the Whitney Art Museum, and debate the existential obsolescence of these antiquated TVs. <sighs> Got it. After the break. You might have caught it from his voice. Maybe not. But it's worth noting that C.T. Louis is 80 years old. And, you know, he can figure out some of these older circuits and things like that that nobody else can. And uh, he's, he's pretty close to being almost irreplaceable. And like the TVs Louis repairs and preserves, he's really nearing the last of his kind. There's a big worry that, you know, that knowledge is going to be lost soon. So we all hope not, but uh, um, it's good to have Louis around. That's Richard Blows. Yeah, I'm Richard Blows. I'm senior technician at the Whitney Museum and Exhibitions and Collection Management Department. Over the years, Richard's work at the Whitney has found him working pretty closely with Louis. I asked Richard what he thinks of Louis. Well, you know, everyone knows Louis as being a bit of a character and everybody loves him. He, he can be a little bit on the grumpy side, but he's very sensitive about that. I've grown so that I've, I've known him for so long, I just feel like, you know, we're pretty good friends. There's a few installations, some right there at the Whitney, that are essential to this period of video art. And at the forefront of it all is Nam Ju Pick. Well, he's a national treasure in Korea. <laughs> yeah. They celebrate his birthday. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, when I was little, he was this round guy. He'd show up on a Sunday with crumbs down in his, his shirt, and he'd be hanging out with my dad, and they'd be talking about some project. And now he's, uh... Nam is a Korean-American artist, and he's often referred to as the father of video art. To hear it from Louis, he describes Nam June in another way. Crazy. <laughs> a big. Like... As an artist, I say he's crazy. Uh, his, do, do, people, I, like, do you like his video? No, I don't like it. i crazy. <laughs> Louis and Nam June sort of align their stories at this point. The two help forge this new video art movement. Nam June, the artist, Louis, the technician behind it. Well, I like him. We're we both very Chinese. <laughs> well, he come every weekend just to talk to me about new technology. Uh, Nam June and I were about the same age. I'm a little younger than he. His growth and I grow is the same, electronics. <laughs> Whatever he knows, I know. I probably know better because I live, I'll live longer. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you and I really get along. I know his trick, he knows my trick. In the like 90s, kind of early 2000s. And then he become big, but then he still called me once in a while. Well, I just put, put a video, everybody get shocked. So my job is to take care of how people get shocked. 
<laughs> Wait, hold on, back up. The video, it, people are getting shocked by the TV? Touching the metal piece. So you had to make a TV where people got electrocuted? Yeah. Was it fun? No, it wasn't easy. <laughs> so, by a isolation transformer. Oh, he was, oh you, you saved my life, you saved my life. <laughs> so what I do is a transformer. Let's take a listen through some of Nam June's masterpieces. There's Electronic Superhighway, Continental US, Alaska, Hawaii, an imposing 51-channel Megatron matrix of the US, outlined in an array of neon colors, housing 336 televisions, each one flashing pop culture images associated with a given state. For instance, in Kansas, you can see The Wizard of Oz. In Alabama, there's three TV sets projecting the image of Martin Luther King Jr. It's huge. It's the size of a giant room. It's enormous. It's the biggest fucking thing you've ever seen. Also, his video war. We both saw the first time video war. That's a Palladium nightclub. Nine TV, rotatable on the dance floor, moving. Oh, we were so crazy and high. <laughs> oh, oh, everybody's there dancing and drinking. Then you saw the first time. Oh, you must be going crazy. There's Magnet TV where a magnet the size of two stacked fists sits atop a set tube television. It was Nam June Pike put this really large, like one of those kind of fishing magnets up on top of a CRT, black and white CRT, and it bent the electron beams moving around. And so you get this strange sort of pattern. And that piece is like a star of the, the collection. And then there's Nam June's robots a series of human-scale video sculptures made up of vintage televisions, radios, and other household electronics. He made robot out of the old TV. I can show you what the TV is. Yeah. Old TV. There are 800 robots around. Each one's shape forms a crude outline of an electrified being. Some robots feature looped videos created by Nam June, almost asserting a personality to the bot. There's even a robot dog. The robots are my favorite of all of his works. I can't help but wonder, hearing about all these different installations, what old Greybeard himself, Father Time, holds for it all. Parts break, and after a while, they're not only hard to find, they're non-existent. Where statues from ancient Rome could stand tall in museums around the world for a millennia, a piece of Nam June's video art might not make it through another decade. So where's the line in preservation? If the CRT monitor screen breaks and there's no replacement, can you just use an LED? Or is that no longer the art? Sometimes the TV itself is the art. What happens then? It's a tough one because the stuff's not gonna last forever. And so then what do you do when the equipment finally dies? In a way, it is inevitable. What you can do really varies almost artist by artist and piece by piece. Sometimes it won't matter. One thing about Nanjum is he said, as long as you keep the integrity the same. So that then helps to keep his work going. It's because now maybe it's more about the image or the image quality and the, the experience, you know. And sometimes it's just, it's just not a good idea at all to do with this piece and that you have to do whatever you can to get old CRTs. Even the the image itself, if you transfer it to digital, it breaks up. Yeah. So that's all hard to do. You know, how do you keep that integrity going? So all that's going to, it's all going to change, but I feel optimistic in some form if we keep 
what's essential and what's the actual spirit of a piece if that's written down and documented then that this stuff stands a better chance of survival talking with louie and getting to know him i have to say it was almost the opposite of what i expected coming into this whole thing i thought here's this artist high on himself preserving the richness and value that these pieces of art bring to the world someone who'd all but vomit at the idea of new technology. It's lost that human element, he'd say, and spit into some imaginary bucket beside his desk. (sniffs) But that's obviously not Louis. Louis has this amazing heart, a passion for the work he does. I can say it, and anyone that knows him would too. I've gotten to know this this guy who has a quiet sense of humor about him, and he thoroughly enjoys what he does, and he, he, he may complain about these projects he's in the middle of, but then he'll say, oh, it feels good to be, another, to, be, to be doing another large project again. He has a deep love for this stuff, and he, it's his life. I think there's something buried in my own circuitry that's just inspired by the guy. He might say he loves the praise. Can't quit for the chance of losing it. No, I'm not, I, I like the work. I also like people appraise me. I like, yeah, I like people, oh, you're great, you're great. You know, I like that. doesn't matter. If you're retired, <laughs> yeah. if you're retired, people are going to stop calling you a genius? Well, I don't, <laughs> they call me genius. I think it's a just tradition. American people like to please people by, oh, you're genius, you're genius. <laughs> yeah. They don't mean it. <laughs> He'll say he's not an artist, has little interest in it at all. And as someone who staked his life on cathode ray tubes, projectors, and all this antiquated technology... He doesn't desperately hold on to the past. Fong is the answer. That's the future. <laughs> you think we're going to be living in a TV-less world soon? TV is going to be printer. Huh. Would you want to repair that? No, but I will. I get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that stuff is harder to work on but maybe more reliable? That's progress. Yeah. That's progress to you. I accept that. I also love it. Yeah. My dream come true. The iPhone is my dream, basically. What it, what technology should be. And do you spend a lot of time using your iPhone? I just learn. <laughs> Hearing it all is sort of refreshing. So many people get caught up in being overly concerned about who they are, what they present to the world. Louis is almost the antithesis of that. He's confident in his abilities, secure in who he is. Look, there's so much to Louis's story. It was almost too difficult to process it all there in the room talking with him, which is why it was almost surreal to hear all this tape back, rapping, as Louis would say, with my producer about all the things we forgot or missed at the time of recording. Louis is a man who just radiates life. It's the feeling you get being around him, And if that's not the whole point of art, well, I don't think I care much beyond that. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Music from Tyler Litwin and credits spoken by me. The artificial intelligence Sam Balter created by Descript. I'd like 
thank all of today's guests and the Whitney Art Museum. If you'd like to learn more about the works of Nam June Paik, we'll be featuring some over on our Facebook and Twitter at Weird Work. As always, I'm Sam Balter, and stay weird, you slowly decomposing organic matter. Why not? No one listens to the play now, it's anyways. So let's just have it be a robot.